0: Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. Greetings, dear listeners. This is your host, Vict Anakin, and you're listening to Afro Verdict. As the world moves towards a multipolar global architecture, today I'm joined by Ethiopia's ambassador to Russia, His Excellency Uriah Chamogala, to have a discussion on Russian Ethiopian relations, global issues, as well as priority matters for Ethiopia. Mr. Ambassador, thank you so much for being with us today and thank you for your time, of course. Our interview takes place after Vladimir Putin's meeting with the leaders of the African countries in the framework of the African Peace Initiative. How do you assess the outcome of this meeting and what's your take on the future prospects of the mission, which intends to continue working on resolving the conflict?
1: Thank you for having me. The question you ask, uh, I think this is the first time for African leaders to go beyond the border of the continent, uh, to seek for a uh, solution of the conflict. So coming to Ukraine and Russia, I think something to be appreciated. The mission was really backed by the African Union. So the seven uh, leaders of Africa who came here, I think, represent the whole continent of Africa. So it is uh, impressive. In my opinion is that we shouldn't uh, uh, expect immediate result as uh, the mission came here uh, yes, just to understand the notions of the two warring parties. They went to Kiev and uh, talked to President Zelensky, and uh, came to Russia, and they met uh, His Excellency, the President of Russia uh, Putin in St. Petersburg. So they put their proposal on the table. I think it is uh, something uh, which is not expected just yes, to get result. At the onset, at the very very moment, I think the two leaders can take what's the proposal the African leaders put on the table, and then they will look into it and uh, see what, uh, you know, they may take or not. That's how I see it. So the fact that they came and say that uh, this problem is our problem, because, you know, the conflict is affecting the whole world, and especially the Africans, it is,
0: you know, natural for them to come and talk to the two leaders. Thank you very much, Your Excellency. And recently, Finland said that it would cut off the development aid it gives to Africa if African countries continue to support Russia's policy. Finland's support to Ethiopia for 2001 to 2024 will total about 75 million euros, contributing to education, access to clean water, and rural development. So how do you assess these kinds of statements?
1: I see it uh, in the very, you know, relationship itself. I think uh, we have a long lasting partnership with Finland, and we have also bilateral relations with Russia. So uh, I think nation, they have the uh, you know, right to decide on what, you know, uh, may affect them and to whom, yes, they may be related. I think this is purely a bilateral issue, if it may arise in that way.
0: I see you, Excellency. Thank you very much. During the peace talks with African leaders, Vladimir Putin stated that only 3% of the 31 million tons of grain reached the poorest African countries. And the Russian Minister of Foreign Affairs also said that the grain deal may come to an end on the 18th of July. In the meantime, logistical supply chains of grain and fertilizer have been disrupted since Western sanctions have been imposed. Have you felt the consequences? What possible solutions to the problem do you see here?
1: So, no question about it. Uh, the disruption of uh, the chain of food supply, uh, not in Africans, but uh, affect the world. Because, you know, the grain deal, it's meant to allow uh, grains and fertilizers to go to the world market. And due to sanction and uh, uh, many others, you know, the politics, you know, being played, Around this uh, grain and fertilizer, this was this deal was supposed to be for the the poor nations and most of them the African nations. But when it was opened, uh, we didn't uh, get really the amount of uh, the grain supposed to be. So I think we need to work on it because this is not affecting few individuals or few countries, uh, affecting the whole world War and uh, the food, uh, you know. Price is getting up. We in Ethiopia, we really need a fertilizer for our agriculture. As uh, we are approaching to the season for, you know, plantations, such kind of things should be allowed. I mean, all the parties are concerned about this. We have to negotiate very well. The food fertilizer should go to the world market, as, you know, negotiated in Turkey
0: this year. I see, Your Excellency. Recently, Russia announced that it would contribute 10 million U.S. dollars in food aid through U.N. structures to four African countries. And Ethiopia is among these countries as well. So how do you assess the need for such assistance?
1: Well, I, I really applaud uh, the move of the uh, Russian government. Uh, I saw this through the press release by Russian embassy mm-hmm. in Ethiopia. So, uh, that is a good move because there are many uh, refugees and uh, displaced people in Ethiopia. So, if this is meant for a humanitarian, I think it's a, a good uh, move. It's only an act of humanity. So, I appreciate what uh, Russia did.
0: According to Mr. Lavrov, Russia and Ethiopia have traditionally coincided in very close positions on key regional and international problems, adding that Russia has reaffirmed quote, our strong support for the government's effort to stabilize the situation, close quote, in the region. So how could Russia help in the stabilization of security in the region, in your opinion?
1: Well, look, uh, Russia uh, has been, you know, working for, uh, with Africa, seeing, you know, the struggle of decolonization uh, of Africa uh, for African independence, African countries. So, it uh, was playing its part in our region. It has to make uh, security stable. So we expect a lot from Russia just to work with African or uh, the nation in our region on, you know, fighting terrorism and extremism. Mm-hmm. And uh, also Russia can play its part, you know, to... Solve the conflicts in, in the regions and making you know, peacekeeping uh, act available for the region. And then during the post-conflict development, I think we expect a lot from Russia. So Russia can play a lot in this regard.
0: The Russian foreign minister has visited African countries four times within a year, and he has visited Ethiopia as well. The Speaker of the Ethiopian Upper House of Parliament has been to Russia this year during his first official visit. So what does this intensification of contacts mean for the relations between our countries? What do you think?
1: Well, no, uh, is definitely a lover of not only four times to go to a country, in Africa. I think recently also he went back so, last year and a few weeks ago, when you combine maybe eight countries, he traveled in a very short period of time. So, he went to Ethiopia, and uh, there are many uh, other officials from Russia going to Ethiopia. Ethiopians also coming here. And the very recent visit of his honorable uh, Vinita Shadow to the Russian Federation is one of, you know, that kind of visit. So this shows that the relationship between us is getting better and better. And this intensification of the visit officials, I think, is the manifestation of the cordial relationship between our two
0: countries. The head of the Federation Council of Russia, Valentina Matvienko, stated that the current trade volume between Russia and Ethiopia still doesn't correspond to the economic potential of bilateral relations. And last year, you said that Ethiopia was ready to use any mechanisms for trade with Russia, including the introduction of the Mir payment system bank cards. Has there been any progress in this direction? I think
1: there uh, are excellent, I mean, the honorable... Uh, The Speaker of the Council was right to say that uh, the trade relation between Ethiopia and Russia is not uh, up to the expectation of our relations, our bilateral relations. And when you see there are a lot of potential we have for Ethiopia to send that goods here, for Russia also to send the products to Ethiopia, especially technology-wise. So, yeah, it's true. Uh, We need to make... uh, all effort is to increase uh, the threat volume between the two countries. So to do that, yes, I think we need a uh, mechanism because we are facing challenges now. Uh, for example, the payment. Uh, because of the sanction imposed on Russia, uh, the financial uh, transaction is not easy. So I think it's uh, very important. It's a key issue for the two nations to talk, to sort out uh, what mechanism they may put in place. To ease uh, the transaction between uh, business uh, of the two countries, so the the mere payment system is maybe one of uh, the mechanism to solve this problem. But as far as uh, this is concerned, there is no progress as you know expected. I think the high officials of the two nations have to sit down and and sort out how to to make this you know, come through. Because uh, there are many countries now, yes, they're working together uh, with Russia in different ways. So I think also Ethiopia can do the same in the future.
0: Recently, Mali called on the United Nations to withdraw MINUSMA from the country, and in the past the UN peacekeeping missions have also operated in your region. So how do you evaluate the efficiency of these United Nations missions on the African continent?
1: Well, uh, there, there you know as uh, other uh, region of the world there are uh, UN peacekeeping missions in Africa and uh, for that matter the Ethiopian was one of the country contributing peacekeepers especially in ABA uh, in Somalia and in, uh, in Liberia uh, a few years ago. So we are part of, uh, you know, all these missions. Uh, yeah, uh, to evaluate uh, the effectiveness and efficiency of the peacekeeping missions, I think many factors should be considered. Mm-hmm. And the main factor, because uh, UN is, is an organization established by a sovereign state okay, of the world. so. UN by itself, without you know sovereign state, is nothing, right? So the the, the countries, the member state of your nation, have to do their best to provide the necessary resources. The necessary resources I'm talking about is like financial resources and providing peacekeepers, human resources. So if you don't you not know, provide such kind of resources, the mission will not do their job effectively. So I see a lot that uh, nations should, uh, you know, provide them the required resources. The resources should be available. And uh, the peace missions in, in Africa, we cannot say that they are failures because there are some them which was you know, quite successful. So we have to see it in that way.
0: Your Excellency, many African countries, notably Algeria and Egypt, are now interested in interacting with BRICS. And since 2020, the BRICS countries are ahead of the G7 countries in terms of their contribution to global economic growth. What do you think is the reason for the increased interest towards BRICS today? And how do you see the relation between Ethiopia and BRICS in the future?
1: I don't see this only in economic perspective. I think there is a political aspect of it. Because if you see the world today, you can see multilateralism is you know, being you know, ignored. And now there are some few powerful nations, militarily or economically, that you know, dominated uh, the world and imposed their interests on other, you know, the so-called weak nations. So uh, I think uh, many countries now want to, to go to multilateralism to make sure that this you know, multilateralism is, is functioning well. Because if you, you do uh, issues of the world together, without interference in, in the domestic aspect of other countries, I think this will be the way out in the future. Therefore, the BRICS, I think, is the, a block and uh, the fastest economies in the world today you found it within the countries in this block. So I think it's natural for uh, other nations to work with, uh, you know, the dynamics, such so kind of a dynamic uh, organization, because it is not only benefiting economically, yes. Like I said, the values and principle of uh, multilateralism is within this, and they are supporting it. They are the safeguard of uh, this. Uh, we don't need uh, unilateralism anymore. I think many nations they don't want that. So uh, the BRICS nations they are promoting this you know to go back to values and the principle of multilateralism mm. and uh, promoting economic growth you know, for the less developed countries and uh, to make uh, you know development in the world is yes, more balanced. So Ethiopia is uh, his intention also is to to work together with the BRICS mm-hmm. nations. And uh, I hope in the future, yes, we will also join. Why not?
0: For those of you that have just tuned in, this is your host Victor Anakin, and you're listening to Afro Verdict brought to you by Sputnik Africa. His Excellency Ambassador Chamungala reiterated that the frequent visits of Russian and Ethiopian officials to each other's countries signifies the cordial relationship between the two states. He also pointed out that Russia can play its part to solve the conflict in the regions and bring peacekeeping up to level. In 2021, Russia and Ethiopia signed two memorandums of understanding on nuclear education and training in Ethiopia and on building a positive public opinion about nuclear power. How's cooperation on peaceful nuclear energy going today?
1: Yeah, yeah, this is on on I mean ongoing project. But we signed not only these two memorandums of understanding. There are many others also. There were some agreements which already uh, signed. There are some uh, pending. Uh, I hope uh, they will be signed also uh, during the coming summit. Uh, if not, yes, it will be signed in the very near future. And uh, the implementation is uh, one of the aspects, yes, the two nations should work on it. You don't, uh, you know, sign uh, agreements for sake of signing, right? We have to implement them. Mm-hmm. So I think we need... Uh, for example, we, we are now working on the air service agreement. I think the two nations mm-hmm. they they do have a common understanding on this issue. I think it will be signed very soon. So the implementation of uh, these two memorandums uh, of understanding is going on, and I hope uh, the the coming uh, agreement also. Yes, we have to work very hard. As of, our, from our parts, the embassy. Uh, Ethiopia and Russia, we made uh, an inventory on all the old agreements, which one are ratified, which ones are you know signed but not yet ratified, and which are you know on the the way coming just to be signed. So uh, we will uh, sort out in that way that so those which were already ratified, yes, we have to implement immediately. So the intergovernmental uh, commission that uh, the meeting was met in uh, in Ethiopia last December. I think uh, they talk about all these issues. They talk about all these issues. So, yeah, I hope uh, the outcome, because this is time now is to to really make sure that uh, this agreement materializes.
0: The second Russia-Africa summit will kick off in just less than a month. From Ethiopia's point of view, what priority issues should be raised at the summit?
1: You see, the the world uh, now is changing, right? And uh, because of the sanction imposed on Russia, because of the war in Ukraine, Russia now is looking forward, is to work with uh, Africans, Asians, and Latin Americans. So... I think it is uh, high time now for Russians to come to Africa and work on, you know, economic issues. Politically and uh, diplomatically, yes, we are good, but we have to change these relations into economic issues. So, investment and trade issues, education, energy, science and technology, all these are should be the area. For example, yes, uh, tourism areas. These are, I think, uh, the, the area we should focus on it. So I hope the leaders will talk about it very
0: well. Your Excellency, and what issues at the moment are the most pressing for Ethiopia? And what is Ethiopia's position on these? The Great
1: Ethiopian Renaissance Sudan issues. I think you may heard about it. There is a trilateral uh, negotiation between uh, Ethiopia, Sudan, and Egypt. So this uh, trilateral uh, relation, I mean negotiation, is being led by uh, yeah. African Union. So now, uh, last time uh, during the 32nd uh, summit of the uh, state of uh, Arabia's uh, Egyptian uh, government yes, took this issue to Arabic. So we are not happy with that uh, move because this is an Africa issue. Uh, the water and uh, the river Nile is Africans. We don't see any reason why an African issue, which is led by African mm. Union, uh, can be taken to be issue for Arab big state. So Ethiopian European is not happy with that.
0: And are there some solutions that are considered for this matter to come back to the African leaders? You know, it was taken to, uh,
1: you know, the Egyptian want to take it to UN Security Council, and Americans they involved in a few years ago, and uh, that doesn't work. did not work. And uh, bring brought back to to Africa because this is the issue for Africans. So the African-led uh, negotiation is, in, is still going, and uh, we believe that uh, the three nations should you know abide by the principle they've been you know they agree on it. Uh, so. Ethiopia is not happy with uh, the act of uh, in Egypt to take the issue to Arab mm. states, and uh, we, we see it uh, it will be you know, un- unproductive. And so this is one issue I would like to address, and we hope uh, our friends' the nation will support us in this regard. We want to make it, you know, clear to nation. That's why I raised this. Uh, the second one is uh, about uh, the evacuations of migrants. I mean, non- foreign national in the Sudan because the conflict in Sudan affected many people. and uh, Because we are a neighbor country, the Sudanese themselves, they came to Ethiopia as refugees and there are also non- foreign, non-Sudanese nationals who came to Ethiopia. So, the Ethiopian government has did uh, its part yes, to receive all the refugees and migrants in, to Ethiopia. And I think, yes, we want to say that uh, the role is to, for example, the UN system, the UN agencies, there to uh, see this uh, as a challenge on the Ethiopian government, so do their necessary uh, support uh, for this, you know, migrant and refugees. Mm-hmm. And the third thing, yes, I would like to say is about uh, the situation in Northern Ethiopia. You know that uh, we have been uh, in conflict for two years, and this was settled uh, through the negotiation, this agreement, which was uh, de- uh, struck in uh, Pretoria, South Africa. So now the implementation is going on. Schools and uh, all the services in the uh, Tigray region is in place now. Yeah. I think uh, the only thing here remaining is to rebuild the affected region. The region of Tigray, the region of Amara, and the region of Afar. Because these are the three regions which were affected seriously mm-hmm. uh, during the conflict. So countries, friendly countries, Russia. Like I think they will reach to our support in doing, you know, for rebuilding the, the areas which are
0: affected. Are there any negotiations with Russia at the moment in terms of how Russia can assist the process? Yeah, through diplomatic
1: channel, we have this information available.
0: So these are basically the three issues of national importance for Ethiopia. What kind of help from Russia would you ideally expect? For example, on the first topic, would you like Russia to simply support you, uh, perhaps participate as an observer, as a helper with the mechanism of negotiating, or what kind of help would you expect from Russia on these issues?
1: For what we do expect from Russia is to support, uh, you know, telling their position. Because, uh, like I said, uh, it was taken to UN Security Council. And so in that area... Uh, countries like Russia should, you know, raise their voice saying that this is uh, already being dealt with uh, in African continent by African Union. So we need such Mm -hmm. kind of support and to tell the fact and to, because we don't want to internationalize it to make it as a world issue. So we want to make sure that uh, countries in the world understand that equitable distribution of Nile resources, I mean, Nile water is there. So Ethiopia, what Ethiopia did is not to affect the countries in downstream like Sudan and Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want just to convince them uh, to work together with Ethiopia and to share the water of Nile equitably. We didn't say, it, yes, we want to take all the water because it is, you know, coming from us because Ethiopia is the only country in that area contributing like 85% of the water. Oh, but, uh, you know, the, the Egyptians, they want to monopolize using water of They think it is natural natu- them natu- natu- But mm-hmm. all the, the countries, the riparian countries, they have right to use this water. So we want, you know, nations in the world to understand this and to know exactly the position of Ethiopia so they can understand situation very clearly.
0: And that was Ethiopia's ambassador to Russia, His Excellency Uriah Chamugala, who explains that although the political and diplomatic relations between Russia and African nations are in a good state, what the parties should be more focused on are economic issues, investment and trade issues, education, energy, science, tourism and technology. Ambassador Chamugala also believes that the unilateral sanctions imposed on Russia are affecting everyone. and. Among other projects being played out around the grain deal, the sanctions are contributing to increasing food prices. Dear friends, I hope you found this episode informative and interesting, but most importantly, that you enjoyed it. Don't forget that you can listen to our AfriVerted podcast on multiple platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addicts, Pocket Casts, AfriPods, CarsBox, and Deezer. Check out our Sputnik Africa Telegram channel, Facebook page and Twitter account to always be up to date on local and global events. Stay safe, dear friends, and until next time. afro Brought to you by Sputnik Africa.